Hey everybody, Noel here. I just wanted to apologize for the audio quality in both parts of our Sabrina episode. My side of the conversation was recorded at my father's apartment, which is a very large echoey studio with, as you can hear in the background, a very noisy air conditioner system that we couldn't really turn off. And there are also other people in the room with me at the time, so you occasionally hear them in the background. I cleaned it up as best as I could, but it's still there and I apologize for it. Anyways, I hope you enjoy the show. Warning, this episode contains spoilers, coarse language, and really, Paul Giamatti? Really? If it's something that's really well done the first time, it's not broken, stop trying to smash it. I'm always intrigued to see what it is that people are going to do with something that's already been done before. I hate remakes. I love remakes. Welcome everybody to I Hate Love Remakes episode 19 part 2. I am Noel, joining me as always is Evie. Star Wars, Zardoz, Cougar Town, cool cool cool, pop culture, pop culture, meta meta, I'm on a TV show. You're into that TV show way too much. It's your fault. That's true, I introduced you. I have no idea what just happened this time either. <laughs> joining us once again, Tori Joe. Just hands! <laughs> Love it. Thank you. So we didn't ask you in part one, so we're going to ask you here in part two. What are your feelings in general when it comes to remakes? I don't have very strong feelings about them at all, really. Because I'm a bit live and let live about all these things. Mm -hmm. You know how some people can care very deeply about an adaption? I very rarely sit and compare book to movie or anything like that. You just kind of take them each on their own merits? Yeah. And I'd like to think I'm like that with remakes as well. Although it's always going to be hard to sort of compete with something that's already really good. But in general, um, I can't think of a specific example that I've really liked. Um, Have there been any specific ones that you really hated? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> Very so you just don't really have any passionate no. feelings about it either way? No, I mean, like, I've quite liked the American remake of uh, A Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. Hmm. I think most of the remakes I've seen have been remakes of Nordic stuff, like Let Me In, which mm -hmm. I quite liked. And my ex, who doesn't see very well and can't read subtitles, hadn't seen the Swedish one, and he was absolutely terrified. <laughs> So that's as close as he ever got to seeing the Swedish one. I thought there were some really good things in it, and I don't have that capability of getting really angry unless you call a book that I really feel passionately about, the Twilight. With zombies. Yeah. And I don't know like... why that's different. It just really is. Well, I think also Twilight has become kind of a dirty word. For so Not undeservedly so. Yeah. In terms of remakes, though, like you mentioned with Let Me In, even though you prefer the original, you still say that the remake can still be good in its own right. Yeah, but I saw things that I liked in it. Uh, Wait till we get I'm, to the remake of Troll Hunter. I'm intrigued They're by still that working on because, it. Uh, They're doing that? That's a thing that's happening? Chris really? Columbus. That might work. Uh, I'd be quite interested to see how that would work in a bigger budget. Um, you know what? I need specific. to hang up on this call and go kill myself now. <laughs> see, it's Fucking Chris Columbus! Well, we should probably move into the remake of this episode, Evie. I could talk about Trollhunter forever, by the way. I could listen to you talk about Trollhunter forever. I could speak Norwegian to you, Evie. I love if you. the remake happens, you're, you're, you're on for that. <laughs> I'm yeah. putting it in my little thing in my phone. I'm putting that as a note. If the remake happens, you're our guest. Mm-hmm. I'll have plenty to say about it. 
anyway, okay, I don't want to talk about that. Evie, what are we talking about today? We're, um... Sabrina! From 1995, yeah, Sabrina. And this was the movie that sort of made me hate remakes. Now, here's the interesting fact. I saw this one first. Oh, a lot of people have, actually. Because in 1995, when it came out, I would have been about 14. No, I was 15. So is this your first time seeing it since? Yeah. Although I have to say that I actually looked like her in the first scene when I was a teenager. We all did. We all did. Long, pretty hair, glasses. Um, a, I did too. Total nerd. She looks properly terrible in that first scene, I think. I kind of appreciated that. Though I have to, I can't quite remember, but is this the same house? I don't think it is. I don't think it's the same house. No. Is, but it does look very similar. But we're getting a little ahead of the discussion here. Sorry. So, that's okay. So, yeah, this film was directed by Sidney Pollock, who I've only seen two of his movies. I've only seen Three Days of the Condor and Tootsie. Oh, Tootsie. I know he's popular. I know he's got some popular films, but I haven't seen most of them. Why have I seen so many movies of both of these directors? What the hell is this? Seriously, aren't you supposed to be the movie guy and I'm supposed to be the one that just twirls around in her chair and yells, Wee! Part of the thing was the reason why we started this so well is that we're both movie buffs. We just like different movies. Yeah, I and have also... seen quite a few of his movies. Okay, the thank firm. God. Like, I haven't seen The Firm yet. I don't remember any of it, but I know that I saw it. I know Tom Cruise is in it. <laughs> I read like the book. I can't remember much of that either. Well, I think that's every John Grisham book. You've read it, but you don't know what it's about. <laughs> uh, that's me with most books, to be honest. I'm one of those, I'm deeply into it when I'm reading it, and then two weeks later, I can't remember much of the plot. This is why adaptions don't bother me so much, because I don't remember the details. The uh, Sabrina remake was written by Barbara Benedek, who only has written a few films, including writing the original draft of The Big Chill before Lawrence Gaston rewrote it. Wow. And this was her last film, Sabrina. She then married one of the top agents in the industry, who is still one of the top agents in the industry. And the script was then rewritten by David Raphael, who was Sidney Pollock's writing partner. He pretty much worked on the scripts to every film that Sidney Pollock worked on. But this was his last film, and he has since passed away. So this was the last film for both writers. So it's a career-ending movie, is what we're saying. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. Yeah. Well, that's not true. Sidney Pollock went on to make at least one other movie. Or, no, wait, I'm sorry, two. He went on to make a few more, and he went on to act in a bunch more, too, so... No, he made two more as of 2012, or as of today. Well, as of today, but he died in 2008, so... I didn't know he died! Yeah. Yeah. Shut up, I'm a horrible person now, I didn't About know four that. years ago, yeah. I didn't know. So anyways, in the family mansion in upstate New York lived the Larrabee brothers. David, a wild and party playboy, and Linus, a grounded businessman. Sabrina Fairchild, the teenage daughter of the family chauffeur, has been hopelessly in love with David, but he never noticed her during his swings with woman after woman. She tries to tell him how she feels the night before leaving for an internship in Paris, but tells Linus by mistake and flies off the next day embarrassed. In Paris, she matures into a woman as she goes from an assistant in a fashion photographer's school to a photographer herself. After several years, she returns home to visit her father and David is suddenly smitten. The problem is, he's engaged to the daughter of a man Linus is trying to settle a major business deal with. Linus gets David hung up with an injury and starts wooing Sabrina himself, taking her out on a number of dates. She gradually pulls him out of his business-driven stiffness, which challenges her affections for David. David suddenly gets better, but Sabrina chooses Linus, only for Linus to reveal it was all a lie. He was tricking Sabrina with the intent of sending her back to Paris alone, all to preserve the business deal. Sabrina decides to leave. 
On top of this, her father reveals he's quietly built a small fortune, the majority of which he gives to her so she can live however she chooses. Linus tries to send David after Sabrina, tearing down the business deal he was so eager to preserve, but David's figured out the situation and has eloped with his fiancée. Sabrina arrives in Paris, only to find Linus is already there and waiting for her. So, Evie, do you recommend this movie? No, but... Okay, I remember texting you about this, that despite the fact that I fucking hated this movie, and this is the one that made me hate remakes and everything, I actually went and gave this movie a fair shake. I watched it twice. Honestly, I was going to watch it a third one, but at this point, I'm like, I can't force something if I don't like it, just no matter. And I wanted to, like, at least find something that I liked about it so that it wasn't just me being down on this movie. But really, I almost have to put it all on the screenplay for the most of it because it just does not work. I don't know what they're doing. It's all sort of just like a mishmash of stuff that's just been smushed together and none of it works. Things are all happening. There's no reason for so much of it that's happening. And it's such a confused mess of a thing. And I know that this apparently got good reviews when it came out, despite the fact that it flopped. And I'm wondering if that was just because critics really like Sidney Pollock. Because this is not a good movie. I can't recommend it. I think if they had overhauled the script and made a better script, maybe. But with this script, it's just, I don't know what the hell they were thinking making this movie. And I'm wondering if they can go and get the money back that they paid for that screenplay. It's that bad. Get out of town. Roger Ebert gave it a three and a half star. Roger Ebert gives everything three and a half stars. You know this is not true. He gives this horrible movies. This means more about one and a half. No successful movies, he usually gives about one and a half. <laughs> yeah, Roger Ebert gives a lot of really shitty movies good reviews. He said The Zookeeper was a good movie, like a good buddy movie. I'm like, are you high? So, Joe, do you recommend this movie? Um, it's okay for a hungover Sunday sort of thing. It's like I wouldn't go as far as recommending it to people, and also you can't. It's hard to even find now, to be honest. At least over here. Um, over here, the DVD's pretty cheap. Yeah, over here, I think it's out of print, so I had to do an alternative solution. Yeah, over here, if you come into the store and ask for it, they'll just give it to you and then tell you to get the hell out <laughs> and never you know come that's back. Not true. You don't know that. It's Canada. <laughs> they could just do that. We're crazy. Yeah, the DVD on Amazon only available as used. Because I am who I am, I did find things that I liked about it. It doesn't really work from start to finish, as Evie says, there's a lot of mess in it. So there are little things here and there that I thought were really nice and that I liked better in the characterization than in the original. Some of that I would have liked to have seen in the original, and I could see that some of the things that they put in were stuff that I felt was lacking. So I can see what they were thinking, it just didn't really hang together as a whole. I recommend this movie. It's not as sharp as the original, it's not as tight as the original, but I actually do like a lot of the writing. The plot kind of meanders a bit, and it doesn't help that it's flatly directed, and John Williams has this constant score that just won't leave the scenes alone. Mm. And even though the script does still have a lot of sharp zingers and a lot of wittiness to it, a lot of it falls flat because the film plays it up as melodrama. It focuses more on the melodrama and shortcuts the, uh, shortcuts the, the humor. Yeah. Even though the comedy is there, it's just not selling. I like the cast. I really like the cast. I like how they updated a lot of the story. I like how they even brought in some elements back from the play. It's kind of frustrating in that I see a good movie in here, but it wasn't coming through as well as it could have. 
and I noticed the cinematography was really flat. There was some really sloppy editing, like some mm-hmm. really, really bad bits where the editing itself just called attention to itself. And that's like, how often do you notice the editing in a movie? It's kind of bad when you do. The score, I love John Williams, but his melodic jazz score just wouldn't shut up. Uh, that was actually something that I was like, shut up, music, shut up. It wouldn't stop, and it didn't always fit the scenes. Mm. Yeah. So it's, I don't think it's as good as the original, no, but I do think it's still not a bad movie. It's like a movie, if you catch it on TV and you've never seen it before, it's worth a watch. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like Evie, it's like the 1990s love affair. It's nowhere uh, I don't as, recommend that to anybody at It's all. nowhere near as good as the original, but it's not a bad movie. It's not a great movie. It's not even particularly a good movie, but it's not something that's going to kill you to watch. Okay, just because something is not going to kill me does not mean it's not going to put me in intensive care for three weeks. So I thought this was better than the Miracle on 34th Street remake, which was just insulting. Okay, yes, but the Miracle on 34th Street remake had Mara Wilson. This does not. So it automatically wins. I, but I like, hey, you were criticized her then. You just like her now because she was on Echo with the Glasses. Um, no, I like her now because she's funny. Okay. I liked the movie. I did. I saw there were problems with it. I saw the problems with it, but I still really enjoyed watching it. I enjoyed some of the sharpness that was there, even though it wasn't always coming through in how the film was made. And I liked the cast. I really did like the cast. I thought they were a good match for the characters. I actually disagree with you on that. I thought that Julia Ormond was really miscast in that role. Because yeah, I think she was called a lot because of how she looks a bit like... Um, Audrey Hepburn. Um, she has the whimsical Britishness. Yeah, I don't think she was right for it. Oh, I liked her in it. I thought she had a lot of the energy, a lot of the whimsy. I, she was very different than Audrey Hepburn, but I liked her in the role. But anyways, we're into open discussion now, so... Did Sidney Pollack just decide that he was going to make a movie with his friends and fuck if it was good or not? <laughs> that's, that's what I get from this movie. It's just like, I'm going to make a movie with my friends. Is it good? Ah, fuck if it's good. <laughs> I don't know. That's honestly all I yeah, can but then think again, of. I thought there was a good movie in there, so. I think that there is potential for a good movie, and I want them to remake this, and I already told you my dream casting for it, which is never going to happen, but it would be brilliant if it did. Which is? Um, Robert Downey Jr. as Linus, Chris Evans as David, and Alison Brie as Sabrina. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it's never going to happen because no. no one would get the money for that. It would never happen. But I'm like, that's my dream casting right there. And that would just be awesome. I mean, here's the thing is, did they keep Julio Ormond in there just because they wanted to keep the character as British instead of just recasting the accent of the character? Well, couldn't they have just gotten someone to fake an accent? I mean, it's an accent. People do them for movies. Badly. Wouldn't this have been great as a Jennifer Lopez movie? Jennifer Lopez would have been too young at that point. And no, because I don't like Jennifer Lopez. Shut up, no. I know, I said it just to rile you up. Um, That's not funny. <laughs> hey, you know what's a really good Indiana Jones movie? Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. That's right. Well, what I like about this one is that you get more of that transitional years that she spends in Paris kind of growing and changing as an individual. It's not focusing on, look at the funny guy telling you how to crack an egg. It's focusing on her and growing and maturing. See, but I didn't really get that she was growing maturing. I got that she cut her hair. No, I saw that she was becoming more capable, more independent, and then she found the talent of photography. And That was, I really found that to be like, oh, and she can photograph well. Of course she can, because, you know, that's just how it works. I love how she does the actor thing of every time you take a photo of something, you immediately have to turn the camera sideways and take another photo of it. Mm-hmm. That's how most actors pretend to be photographers. Take a shot, turn it sideways, take a shot. Look over here, take a shot, turn it sideways, take a shot. (laughs) I didn't notice that. I didn't. (laughs) I always will from now on, I bet. 
but then I liked how they worked that into the story of that's how Linus lures her out on the date as he wants her to photograph this house. I kind of like how they then made use of it. I did not. Okay. There were a couple of things that I don't want to mention. I was saying that I felt were sort of missing in the original. Um, although I really missed the ditzy dad who was mm. just dead. But I liked that they had a really strong mother. Yes, I like that they did kind of slip in a bit of the ditzy humor with the mother, but that she then actually was a very strong character. And then near the end, she actually just expressed her complete disgust at what Linus was doing to Sabrina. Mm, I like that very much. And I also liked the relationship between David and Elizabeth was a real relationship. Yes. And part of his wanting to then have another fling was kind of he was scared of commitment. Mm. See, but I didn't get that at all. I got like, well, first of all, everybody loves this movie did not need to be called Sabrina. This movie needed to be called Everybody Loves Sabrina because apparently she is made of magic and has beer flavored nipples Isn't or something. Isn't that kind of supposed to be the point of Sabrina? That was in the original too. Everyone fell for Sabrina. Yeah, but it seemed much more natural. Whereas in this one, I'm like, no, I really don't get why these guys are falling all over themselves for her. And the way that David talks about her in the remake, I actually do get that he is genuinely like taken with her and is like you know she's this amazing thing and i'm like why well he's more the lustful smitten like i never got that from him i i got that he was very genuinely in love with her no because he's playing the same routine that he did with all the other women again except elizabeth elizabeth is the one who's outside the norm elizabeth is the one that he didn't meet through you know let's get you over in that other house and i'll bring the champagne and all that stuff he didn't meet her through that it was a genuine relationship And I think he felt a little scared when, you know, I mean, you saw his reaction there when she brought up marriage and he's like, says yes. And then he suddenly freaks out. And then there's the dinner where he meets her parents where he's like extremely uncomfortable. This is an escape now for him. He sees Sabrina as this thing now that can like help him go back and recapture that old bachelor glory. Okay, then maybe it's just Greg Kinnear's playing it in a really weird way, because when he shows up at the hospital, I thought he was there to propose. And when he actually does go, no, let's get married. And I'm like, I, I, I don't get why all of a sudden he freaks out. Because I'm like, no, the way it's that suddenly he's... suddenly real. No, but it, it, the way that he's been playing it the entire time is someone who's very much fine with getting married and stuff like that. So I don't get where he's coming from. It didn't work for me. I think just Greg Kinnear as David doesn't work for me. He's not... I know him as like from nice guy roles. He felt like more of a vulnerable David. Whereas eh. the David in the original is the brash party boy. He still feels vulnerable. I like David in the original. I think he still. No, felt- I know. I know he does still have his vulnerabilities, but I think Greg in your head is he plays it more vulnerable. I think he plays it vulnerable. Period. Because I didn't get the party boy part. I'm like, wh- where? This one, he's more the laid back, suave. Well, the thing is, in a lot of this movie, I think this is a problem with a lot of this movie is that they tell me things about the characters that I do not see. But it's like, oh, yeah, so-and-so is, you know, oh, David, and he's such a cat and whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, but I don't see that movie. So you're a visual medium. All you've got is the visual. If you tell me, but you don't show me, I'm going to call you a damn liar. I got sold that in the early scene where Sabrina was watching him and all that. I didn't at all. I okay. just... Well, again, maybe this is another one of those things where I can see that it's there, but the film isn't selling it entirely by how lazily it's made. That could be it, because, yeah, clearly I didn't pick up on it at all. I'm like, I'm not getting why all of this. Even if it's there, it's still not working if it's not selling it. I do think it's actually funny, because they have this whole thing with Elizabeth, and then she's gone for a good chunk of the movie, and I'm just like, so and we then just... she shows up at the end again, yeah. and, oh, we eloped. Yeah, and it, or no, we're going to elope, because they oh, don't yeah. even say that they elope. They said they're going to. I'm like, why don't you just elope? You can go down to, like, City Hall and just get married and show up and be like, so we're married. 
But what I loved is that he actually fully told her about Sabrina and she... I don't get that he told her fully about Sabrina. I did. I did. I did not. No, because the way that she says it is that someone that's been coming after him, and I'm like, yeah, oh. no, she said that as no, she, she was, was in on it. She was just... in on it with the setup of trying to get the reaction out of Linus. Mm. I didn't get that because when uh. Linus flipped out, she smiled. She smiled at the same time David did, and so that you do love her, you know. Yeah, no, I did not get that at all. I did. Yeah, I think he told her some of the truth, but I don't think he told her the full truth. I don't. I'm not getting a lot of what you guys are getting from the movie, so. Okay. I did like the bit, um, I thought Greg Kinnear played it well, the bit where they go in to visit him and he's completely doped up on morphine. Yeah, and, and uh, th- That's another one of the things where Did you pick up your car look- from the dry cleaners? Yeah, I, You'll that's be okay, not- we got you a nurse in two days worth of red jello. See, I like these lines. See, I don't because then he's out of the picture for a really long time and it's just well, Linus. He wasn't the original too. Yeah, but he, he wasn't had made out more any more than he was in the other. Yeah, but he made more of an impression on me, whereas this David, it's just like... Eh. This one actually had more David. I didn't. Well, yeah, because they well, threw- you had the scenes with Elizabeth. You yeah. Actually, you actually got yeah. to see the goodbye between him and Sabrina. Yeah, but if you had cut out the uh, scenes with Elizabeth, he'd have about the same amount. Because the scenes with Elizabeth didn't really service the story at all. It's just like, am I supposed to hate Sabrina all of a sudden? Because what I'm getting is that I am. Because the more you get of the fiance, the less I am behind Sabrina, you know, getting together with David. The thing is, in the original, Sabrina knew he was engaged and was like, well, he's not married yet, so I'm still going after him. In this one, she kind I of falls she into it. She knew. She, knew. she knew, but she seemed more hesitant at first. And then she just kind of got swept away by it. I got that she knew and that she wanted to be one of his, you know, floozies. Yeah, as but it... she did much more blatantly in the original. Yeah. Which was fine, whereas this, well, the thing is, she said, you know, even in this one, she's just like, you know, she wants the champagne in the tennis court, or, no, I'm sorry, it was the solarium in this one, and the glasses in the back pocket and everything, and I'm like, whereas with the other one, it felt different, because it wasn't like he was can, like... Can I just point out that the whole solarium thing confused the hell out of me at first, because solarium is the Norwegian word for tanning bed. In the tanning bed. Awesome. Like, what? <laughs> What what I got more in this film was they were treating it more as that's a fairy tale fantasy that she doesn't even know what she wants anymore. In the original, it was more blatant. She wants to get laid by David. In this one, it's just that's always the image that she's had of these women who get to be with David in this whole fairy tale fantasy. And I think that's almost where this film loses some of that edge that the original had. The original is kind of blunt about certain things in terms of sex, in terms of the suicide and all that stuff. This one, they try to fairy tale it up a little bit more. Like this they, they cut out the actu- entire suicide attempt. Yeah, this is the one where I actually remembered it wrong because I thought this one actually had the suicide attempt in it. And I'm like, if you were going to do it in any other movie, I'm like, this would be the one where you would want that suicide attempt. Yeah. Because then I would understand her growing and changing as she goes to Paris because she reached this really low point. Whereas they cut it out and I'm like... Why? I did read a draft of the script that did still have it in, but they then replaced it with that scene where she goes up to David's room to try to confess to him, but she ends up confessing to Linus. That was so... Which How was do very you not awkward. know the sound of someone else's voice? It was very yeah. awkward, but I, I did actually like that line that it ended on of, you know, could, could you get me one of those little Eiffel Tower paperweights? Yeah, <laughs> yes, that was a good line. And then just her reaction as she runs out. I, I didn't think it was particularly funny. I thought the scene was still awkward as hell. Again, is how, why, why is Lux putting away David's clothes? Is he the maid? Yeah, that was, it was, it, it it was, was a very forced scene. That, that scene yeah. shouldn't have been there. 
The one thing that I did like, despite not liking the fact that they actually did it, was when Linus, you know, the way that he goes off on David about, you know, oh, well, you're going to take her to Martha's Vineyard and this and that and that. And everything that he said Linus was going to do, he then actually goes and does. Well, actually, then there's the great bit where he's like talking to his secretary about setting him up this evening. And since she had never done anything like that for him before, he says, uh, well, why don't you call David's secretary? She knows how to do this stuff all the time. (laughs) There was actually that great scene, too, where David shows up and he says, I'll be in my office. Can you tell me where that is again? Yeah. So what do we think of Harrison Ford? Bit flat. I'm like, why? And I really like Harrison Ford. I mean, I really like Harrison Ford. But especially in the last scene, I just, I wasn't feeling it. But I think part of it is that I didn't really feel that the two of them had that much chemistry. Yeah. yeah. It's like watching two frogs just kind of stare at each other and you're just like, I guess that's supposed to be hot. I'll admit that. There were bits where Ford was very flat, but there were bits that I thought he actually fit the character really well. I do like that awkwardness when he asks someone to take a picture of him and Sabrina, and it's so awkward when he puts his arm around her. You just feel so bad. But if that, I will give them, that did feel very natural. I love the bit where he has to eat with his fingers, and he's like, well, I'd love to try this with soup. (laughs) (laughs) I was actually seeing in him more a gradual really falling for her bit earlier on, that he was being really challenged by her and wasn't expecting any of this at all. Mm-hmm. I like that. I was seeing more of the Linus personality in the writing here because I felt the other one was a bit closed off. Yeah. It didn't evolve as well. I think that's what they were trying to do. I almost want to say I think this Ford fits the character a little bit better than Bogart, but he doesn't have the chemistry with Sabrina. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that, again, it's because I think that Julia Orman is miscast. I liked her as Sabrina. I liked him as Linus. I like Greg Kinnear as David. Just none but, of them really have the chemistry. But together, yeah, yeah they lack that chemistry. And it's, once again, I think my favorite character is the dad. The yes, dad. thank you. The dad and the romantic subplot that they have with the dad and Joanna. Marry me for Who, money. Oh, it's I like, don't want you marry well, then marry me for love. Yeah. Yes. I thought they and, were and the fact that he loved reading. Mm-hmm. That he did the job that he did. He's filthy rich, just, and that was in the play. And those were great that they brought from the play was the reason why he became a chauffeur was so he could read. So that came from the play as well as the entire origin behind the name of Sabrina. And then, yeah, that he's sitting in the front seat of a car of a guy who's constantly doing stock deals. So he starts following the stock deals and it's made him a millionaire. It was great seeing those bits from the play because I kind of missed them in the original. I like that scene between him and Linus where he's like, you don't deserve her. Mm-hmm. I know, but I need her. That was a little flat, but I kind of like that sentiment. Um, I do have the, the uh, champagne glass scene is they play it so obviously. This one they have more where he's like has to stare at David's back, cut to David's back, cut to his reaction, cut to David's back, cut to his reaction. That's when the editing was just like, shut up editing, just shut up. In the original, he just walked by in the background seeing him as he was putting him in, yeah. Yeah, it's like the thing is the movie lets you forget that, oh, by the way, he saw him do that. Yeah, here they had to remind you like two seconds before they did it. Now, we haven't talked about why David and Elizabeth getting married is a big deal in this movie. I thought it was a bit more ridiculous than the last one. Well, then the last one, it's an arranged marriage, really. Yeah. Yeah. In this one, it's still a big business deal between the companies, but it feels more like that came out of the marriage as opposed yeah. to being the driving force behind it. Yeah, exactly. Now, am I the only one who thought that maybe Linus had something to do with the two of them meeting? 
No, I don't think so. No, I think he's just taking advantage of it. Yeah. But the thing is, once they do get engaged, Lioness does have a vested stake in them to get married. But I thought it was a really, really silly reason as to why, like, regards to the merger and what it was that Elizabeth's father had that Linus wanted. And I'm just like, really? Maybe it was the fact that he hadn't released this to the public. I'm like, why would you hold on to that? Like, why would you just be like, no one can have this? You'd make millions. And I find it interesting that they changed the plastic to a flat screen TV. Yeah. (laughs) Showing it off to sheiks. Yeah. (laughs) And the, uh, the Japanese... Yeah. There was actually a great bit in the script where, you know, they did the whole setup of how invulnerable it is and all that stuff. And then when she says goodbye to him and leaves the office, he goes and hits the TV and it falls down. And when the glass hits on the side, it shatters. (laughs) And he's like, well, how about that? (laughs) Like if you hit it head on, it's invulnerable. If you hit it from the side, it breaks. I would have liked to have seen that. Yeah. Oh, um, I like that she slapped him when he kissed her. Yeah, that's something that you don't just go up and do to people. No, and then the first I do one, if someone kisses me for no reason. No, no, that's the thing. You people just you, you don't just accept people just kissing you mm-hmm. just because you're there. Like, well, mind you, if Humphrey Bogart just completing the me. message. That was creepy. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm I sorry, but if Humphrey Bogart was dancing with me and kissed me, I- I'd probably go with it. If it was Harrison Ford, I'm not going to lie to you. Harrison Ford and Broken Jaw would be somewhere in the news the next day. I kind of like that the original film ended on the kiss, and this one carries it on to what the reaction probably would be. From now on, I'll let you collect your messages in person. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking that when, in the original, when he kissed her, that she looked surprised because she clearly liked it. And then he said it's all in the family, and they go back in and and cut. It is interesting that in this one, it's... Well, she might have liked it in this one, too, but it was just still completely uncalled for. Mm. I also like that the whole family knew it was Sabrina. It's like, oh, it's Sabrina! I actually kind of like that recurring bit of, so are you the one that they sent to deal with me? Mm. That they then paid off later when he says, yeah, you were right from the entire beginning. I was sent to deal with you. Yeah, I didn't like that, so... I didn't think it was done cleverly. Okay. I also think it was too long. I think that too much of this film was too drawn out. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's saying here in my notes, I have a little notebook here. At about one twelve, I'm getting really bored. Yeah, and again, it's because they played things too melodramatically and took it too yeah, seriously it, instead of letting the lightness be there at times. It, it just wasn't snappy enough. Yes, exactly. And there's that one point where you have the two of them, it was Linus and Sabrina, and they go eat Indian food, which I think is funny that that was her favorite food when she was in Paris. I'm like, okay, I love you, you're weird. I'm going, uh, honestly, that's the thing I went with. I was like, okay, I love you, you're weird, and I'm going with it. But the thing is, instead of, like, just letting us see them have a conversation, it's like this really shit music plays as we get this montage of the two of them talking, but we don't hear what they're saying. And I'm like, okay, so then what the, I I have no emotional investment in this. The editing was so bad. I mean, like, there's a scene where uh, Rosa is in the kitchen and she's starting to tell a story. And then it's like they just instantly cut away, like mid-sentence. Yeah. It's, what, it's just so jarring. And it like, takes 11 years! I know, and then she starts going into a story, and it's like, boom, let's yank out of it. It's like, why didn't you just cut before she started talking, or let her tell her story, or something? It yeah. Just, I knew this movie had bad editing from the very beginning, where they're doing the opening montage of that the indoor tennis court, the outdoor tennis court, the grounds and all stuff. But none of the shots are matching what she's saying. Yeah, I noticed that too. And the shots are like, like coming like 10 seconds before she gets to what she's saying. They aren't following yeah. the narration at all. And there's bits like where she's talking about the people in the party and it'll be like, and then there was Linus Larrabee. And when she says, and then there was Linus Larrabee, the shot is on her mm-hmm. instead of being on Linus Larrabee. 
Yeah. You know, and then it, it takes like a few more seconds before we get to him as she's already starting to describe him. It's just the hell movie. Yeah. <laughs> these these are like editing basics 101. Mm. Who is the editor they Icon has editing? I don't know, but it was just it was so from the very first scene, it was just calling so much attention to itself. Yeah. And oh, by the way, this was the editor Friedrich Steinkamp, mm-hmm. who this was his last movie too. Did he die too? He died in 2002. Okay, well, it's not like he died right after then. He also did the Tootsie Out of Africa and The Firm. He did a lot of Sidney Pollock movies too. This goes back to my idea of Sidney Pollock just decided to make a movie with his friends and fuck if it's good and fuck if anyone likes it. But it does feel kind of lazy. Yeah. Remember when the Rat Pack would make movies together? Yeah. And they were just doing it so they could hang out? See, I think for the most part, they had a decent script. I think the actors are mostly there, even though they're not connecting with each other. It's just so lazily made. I disagree with you on the script. That script needed a severe overhaul. No, I read it. It, it read well. Yeah, it, it read... just wasn't selling. It just wasn't well, selling yeah, because it wasn't being filmed Don't forget, Noel, if something reads well and whether it shoots well are two different things. Because... Well, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't shoot well just because it wasn't shot well. The material yep. is there. It just wasn't filmed right. I don't think that they could have saved a lot of this. Eh, I'll disagree with you on that. Okay, so. now, did anyone happen to notice who was one of the kitchen staff? Yeah, Paul Giamatti. I think he was That's the gardener. Right. Yeah. Really? I didn't notice that. He was in it, and I'm just like, hey, you were in other stuff later, and you actually have a I think he had, like, two lines, and then you just, like, yeah. see him waving at one point. Yeah, and then I'm like, you still have a career. How lovely. I think this was a few years before he really took off with Big Fat Liar. And I like that the parents of Elizabeth were Richard Crenna and Angie Dickinson. I didn't even know that was Angie Dickinson because she did not look good. I found it weird that they had this weird setup of that every time they say something, it's, it sounds perverse, mm-hmm. even though they don't mean it that way. And it's like they never really play up on that anymore. Well, she says that it sounds, you know, perverse or something like that. And I'm just like, I don't really get that because it's just like, you know, I could probably still get. She your just chair. did a bad stewardess joke. That was about it. Yeah, it's just like, you know, I could probably get your chair in the upright position. I'm like. What does that mean? I know, and then she has to go and explain. Oh, you know, every time she says, it's that doesn't quite fit. Yeah, I'm like, that doesn't work because of what she just said. And then yeah. they never pay it off again later. Yeah, it's like if she was always saying it, that would be one thing. I kind of like this weird recurring joke in the first half of the movie about how Elizabeth just randomly bought the mom a dog. Mm-hmm. Well, it's supposed to be like the dog from the original. So mainly just so you just have this dog running through the scene for no reason. <laughs> I just love the mom's line of, she bought me a dog. <laughs> I love that because she's just like, fucking dog. Nancy Mar- Marcon was just, was just wonderful. I love, yeah. uh, you can hear them singing happy birthday and it's supposed to be Maud's birthday. And they're all singing happy birthday and he's just like, mother, go blow out your candles. And she's like, can't we send someone to do that? <laughs> it's just like, it was so awesome. Richard Crenna had two of the best lines during the party. Oh, they've known each other since they were two. She didn't have that dress when she was two. Mm. Or, uh, oh, oh, they're like brother and sister. I never danced with my sister like that. Those jokes were really obvious for me. I'm just like, oh, yes, yes. Come on, I like them. I, you know what? I'm not going to fault you for liking them. Okay. They're classics. They're so classic, they have dust on them. <laughs> they're as dusty as Linus's record in the original. Okay. I like the zingers in this movie. You know what? I'm glad someone liked it because I was just like, ah, I've heard that before. And it, was, it, it didn't really work for me, this one. I really liked it when I first watched it. But then again, you know, I was a teenager. Yeah. And now that I've seen the original, it's like, yeah, that was better. <laughs> I'll admit that when I watched it the second time here, it was more of a slog than the first time. Uh, I will say this much about Julia Ormond. 
as much as I fault this movie and everything, I do like how she plays... Because there would be the idea that there is always the whole, I can just play this like Audrey Hepburn, and she plays her Sabrina sort of more like a wounded bird. Yeah, I, I like yeah. that the actors did kind of take their own approaches to the characters. You can argue over the successfulness of it, yeah. but that they didn't feel like they were just rehashing the actors from the original. Yeah, I yeah. did really like her as Sabrina. She didn't entirely work for me, but I did like what she was doing. Especially in France, which I didn't particularly like all of what was going on in France, because I thought, first of all, you do not just get to work at Vogue. French Vogue, no less, okay? French Vogue. Oh, they were saying that. They said Maude got her the job. Yeah. Maude got her that job. Okay, but she knows nothing about fashion. She would get fired so fast. I mean, French Vogue is like the fashion Bible. It's like Jesus to women, okay? So it's just like just getting a job at Vogue like that, it just, just... It wasn't just like a fashion job. It was she was just an intern at first. No, she was getting paid for that because there's well, no she way. She was that, an assistant. But she's so incapable that she would have been fired on that first day. So Yeah, I know, except for the fact that the boss took a liking to her and they became friends. Which I still don't get why. And then she hooked up with Louis. Louis was hot. I'm like, no, no, stay with Louis. I love Louis. <laughs> it's so sexy. Don't ever no. say that again. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. <laughs> mm. Now, was um, Fanny Ardent, was she the one who played the boss at the... I believe so. I love her. She's in a lot of stuff that I love. But I didn't think she was particularly good in this movie. Though I did know there was one of the uh, women that was repeating all the different designers or whatever to Sabrina. I'm like, I know some of those. And Le Boutons are really, really pretty shoes. Fucking expensive. And not as lovely as Jimmy Choo's, I think. But whatever. Okay. You know what? Every once in a while, I'm just like, hey, I'm a fashion whore. So anything else we want to bring up before wrapping this up? Um, there's a good like movie it. in there, but this isn't it. I liked it, but it's, I think we can skip our final question of which one do we prefer. We're all <laughs> no, no, I original. think we totally need to do it, Noel. Also, I'd like to note that after this, the only other movie that Sidney Pollack made was Random Hearts, which is another Harrison Ford movie that flopped and was just terrible, and The Interpreter, which I think did fairly well and was not horrid, though I don't particularly like Sean Penn. The problem is, is that it completely ripped off the plot from Wesley Snipes' Art of War. I don't think anyone remembers that one particularly. Plus, also, it has Nicole Kidman, and she has very pretty eyes and has won an Oscar, so. Okay. And it had Sean Penn. I don't know. Yeah, I think we all prefer the original. The thing is, this film isn't a horrible movie. If you had never seen the original and you saw this one, I think you could enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I don't think you'll love it, but I think you could enjoy it. Like, it's something that if you catch it on cable on the weekend or something like that, it's not a bad movie. But in comparison to the original, it really suffers. Yeah, because I was watching them back-to-back last weekend. It really suffered from that. It just doesn't have the same sharpness. It just doesn't have the same... It's just not as well put together. Yeah. And I mean, it's a presence, you know. Um, Audrey Hepburn has such presence, such a sparkle, that anything put next to that is just never going to live up to it. The original is a genuine classic, and this one, it just doesn't capture it. No. And when you have Sabrina telling Linus what everyone thinks of her, like the world's only living heart donor, and he seems genuinely surprised by that. I'm like, but you shouldn't be. Like the Linus in the original would have known that that's what everyone was calling him. I love when he mentions it to the secretary of, you ever heard anyone call me the world's only living heart donor? And she, like, completely bursts into laughter. Which is to say, yes, many times. <laughs> what was her name? I like the guy who played the secretary. Because I remember I her from, know, like, the Addams Family movies. Yeah, I love her, too. Dana just, Ivy, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of actors in this movie that I'm like, oh, I love them from this other movie I saw them in. 
Anyways, we should probably just cover the play here for a few minutes, which I did read. And right from the start, it's a very different animal in that there is none of the whole introductory bits of Sabrina fawning over David. In fact, she didn't intend to go after David when she returned home. She actually went to Paris for five years of college and then got a job working for the Paris government. And she came back just to visit her father again. And David ends up falling for her. And her and David used to be childhood friends. And so she kind of falls for him a bit and in this one David is actually the reserved responsible one but he's kind of boring and Linus he's not only the guy who runs the business but he is also an extreme party boy (laughs) he's a very shrewd businessman who makes a ton of money but then he goes and spends it himself and in the opening of the play he's actually dating David's ex-wife who left David because she fell for Linus wow and And Linus dates her for about a week before dumping her. Okay, I can guess why they changed this stuff. Yeah, and the thing is, Linus never goes after Sabrina. They kind of bond as friends, and he vows to help her get David. There's none of the whole plastics thing. There's none of the business deal. There's none of the whole, you know, she's getting in the middle of this whole business deal and marriage and everything. It kind of plays it more as a light comedy between the classes because you have her father, the chauffeur, and then you have the Larrabee parents, both the mother and the father, who are kind of all bickering over whether or not this is socially acceptable that the rich son and the uh, daughter of the chauffeur And it turns out that David wants to propose to Sabrina, but he hasn't told her yet. And he's telling everyone else. And there's this whole argument of, you know, whether or not it's right to do it. Then Sabrina finds out and she's like, but I don't want to marry you. And the thing is, the film had this whole running theme of reaching for the moon. Mm-hmm. In this one, it was more she doesn't want to be domesticated. And mm. Linus doesn't want to be domesticated. And they both eventually figure out that we can both not be domesticated together. Mm. And then there's the whole revelation, which is actually done to the entire family, about the father having done all the stock deals and having become a millionaire. That fixes all the problems in that, oh, now she can marry him because she's actually an heiress instead of just being the chauffeur's daughter. Mm. So it kind mm. of ends on that note. It's a charming comedy, but it doesn't really have a whole lot of weight to it. I mean, they literally stripped it down and completely rewrote it for the original Mm, film. I think the remake actually has more from the play than the original film did. And that was mainly just in The Father. And the remake also had a great line from the play of, so I guess you don't believe in marriage. I do. That's why I never got married. I thought that was a clever line, actually. That one Ford did sell me on. So it was interesting how they did go back to the play and just kind of pulled in a few elements while still basically following the structure of the original film. Oh, one thing that I did want to mention about uh, the remake that I did like, which I completely forgot about, but I want to mention now, is the relationship between Sabrina and her father felt very genuine and very sweet. Yeah. yeah. And when she comes back from Paris and she's giving him for staying in for fun. Gives a little beret. Yeah, I thought that was so sweet. Yeah. It did feel like a very genuine, loving relationship between the two of them. I just love the sight of him just sitting there surrounded by books. Mm-hmm. That just says yeah. so much about his character. The original, I like the original one, but he didn't quite have that, that warmth. Yeah, this one you do really get that he does care about Sabrina, whereas that one, he was just being very English. He was very iffy on the social complications of everything, and in this one it was more he just doesn't want to see her hurt. Exactly. Yeah, I'll give it credit for that. So, anything else we want to say before we close up? Where's my burrito? No, I'm good. Okay. I had a burrito yesterday. Lucky. Well, thank you for joining us, Joe. Thank you. Let's be here. It was a pleasure. Your voice is so lovely. 
And we're definitely having you back for Troll Hunter. <laughs> there you go, that's the Norwegian title. And if the remake doesn't come together, then we'll definitely slip a musical in there for you. Oh, we'll find thanks. something, we need to bring you back. Yeah. Thank you guys. This is so lovely and soothing. Aww. See, this is why I should be a voice actress. Yes, you need to be. Why aren't you? Why do you hate me and not be a voice actress? I will do it for you. Thank you. Alright, good night, Evie. Good night. To read show notes for this and every one of our episodes, please visit IHateLoveRemakes.com. The comment sections are open, so let us know what you think about the films discussed. I Hate Love Remakes is in no way affiliated with the copyright holders of the films discussed. All rights are reserved and no infringement is intended. I Hate Love Remakes is a Made of Fail production. Madeoffail.net. We were unpopular before it was cool. <laughs>